Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. This December, we are going to dive a little bit into the Word, into the good news of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Because December, we always celebrate Jesus' coming. Amen. Let me see who else is still here. Lots of people of Florence is laughing. Uh, those in the house, welcome. Pastor Vanje. Everyone in the house starts with Pastor. Pastor Vanje, Ivanu, Dr. Nachi, Pastor Solomon Glory, Pastor Reverend Ari, uh, Pastor Reverend Angela, Pastor Dr. Okulo, Pastor Reverend Jeremy, Pastor Reverend Bithri, Pastor Reverend Chris, Pastor Reverend Lynette, uh, uh, Pastor Sam and Anne. <laughs> Pastor Ron and Anne and all the other pastors, welcome. Whoa. I'm getting used to this thing of being alone today because I'm usually, this is when I say, ah, say something. Yeah. I realize you have to say everything by yourself. Hey. Eesh. Anyway. This, this month of December, I want us to redig the wells of love. Yeah, so the, the, key, the theme is love, love. As we focus on Jesus' coming, we're focusing on his love. Uh, I don't know what key uh, uh, Minister Timo is in. <laughs> Elephant. Dollar. Why do we talk about love? Because God is love. Okay. There's a short song we've been singing lately. It says, Beautiful is Jesus More than the lilies of the valley Wonderful is Jesus More than great works of art Magnificent is Jesus more than the stars of heaven greatest gift of the universe morning star brightening the sky beautiful is Jesus more than the lilies of the valley wonderful is Jesus more than great works of art, magnificent is Jesus. More than masters of heaven, greatest gift of the universe, morning star brightening the sky. Jesus, 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 no other name by which. Maybe say, Jesus, 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 the healing rain of all the earth. Jesus, 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 He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Beautiful, wonderful, magnificent. Beautiful, wonderful, magnificent. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this moment, for this time in the Word as we share, as we share the Word, as we share the link, as we share love this December in ways that remind us of how much you've loved us. Amen. Amen. So our focus today and the coming few Wednesdays, today being the, the eighth, means we have 
let me see if I remember how to count. We have 15th, uh, 22nd, that will be so close to Christmas. At 29th, some of you may be catching us, 29th from some bush, uh, transitioning between pork, beef, and goat's meat. But, so we're going to be, <laughs> we are going to be here these four Wednesdays just redigging the wells, just talking about the love of Jesus, amen? Those of you who are on YouTube, that's the channel I have here with me, you can uh, always make comments. Let's have a couple of Z. Even those in the studio, don't make it look like we're at a conference. I'm here seated. So talking about love, John chapter 4. No, First John. First John chapter 4 from verse 7. Every time I think about love, every time I think about God's love for us, uh, I sort of tend towards this text. Now, a little background would help. I'm one of the people who do not exactly remember the day I got saved because of the several times from primary school I walked forward and every time, by the time the next altar call came around, I was ready to get saved again because it never looks like the first time stuck. I would always go back to some stuff which made me feel like, hey, bruh, again, you've botched it. And so I got saved many times. I think the one that sort of, I was like, I think this is serious, was in senior two or senior three. So, and so I was in church much of my life. And so I grew up with the system. You know, some of you have grown up with the system. You know what to do. You know the songs, you know the hymns, you know the hymn books. You even know the page. You even know the prayer book. Yeah, you know the, 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 out of service. You know that the one for Holy Communion service is different from non-Holy Communion service. ETC. So you may be a little like me, grown up in church, done it all, but never really getting to know the love of Jesus. You can be so close and yet so far. I was so close and yet so far because I thought it was about the rules. Yeah, I thought it was about the rules. And I thought everyone was keeping the rules. And you know when you think everyone is keeping the rules and you know that you are not keeping the rules, but you must look like you're keeping the rules, you eventually become a hypocrite. So I ended up in church as a hypocrite. One who pretends to be keeping the rules because everyone else, as I found out later, is pretending to be keeping the rules. Uh, there are people. Yeah. So the whole rule-keeping exercise, which is also known as religion, wore me out, but I could never admit it. Yeah, because the moment you admit it, then you look bad because no one else is admitting it. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, you must look as spiritual as you possibly can without being found out to be fake. So that's why there's lots of unhappy people at churches. The reason everyone is unhappy is everyone thinks someone else is keeping the rules and they think they are the only ones hiding the truth that they are not keeping the rules but they are pretending. They don't know everyone else is pretending and so when you get a bunch of pretenders, they can't be genuinely happy or joyful. Are you now ready to share the link? Hey. 
Yeah. So I wasn't keeping the rules. I had some habits that I wasn't proud of. Yeah, you know when everyone looks like they pray three hours and you, you know, your prayer is largely two to three minutes. Uh, yeah, people give you the impression they fast twice a week. You, you know that even the once a week you commit by midday, potato is finding its way through the esophagus. So... <laughs> It was, it was terrible. But you know, like with all religion, you have to keep, fake it. You have to make, make it look like it's working. When it's not working. Yeah, and you're like, the guy who sang the song, I'm dying inside. Nobody knows it but me. Look, yeah, typically. So that was the order of things. And as if to make matters worse, I decided to plant a church. Oh my God. Oh my God. What, a shock. what a shock. Now usually one of the revealers that reveals to you that your rule keeping is not working even as someone gets me a glass of water is when you get married. Because when you get married, suddenly you can't fake it. You can fake it at church. You can't fake it at home. Hey. So that's why it's good for people to get married. You eventually find out that your fake faith is, is what it is, fake. So I got married to the beautiful Ari. Who is in the studio. And then, you know, before long, I discovered that I wasn't the most loving person in the world that I thought I was. What a shock. Yeah, I thought I was Mr. Loverman. <laughs> yeah, and I found, I found out that's not true. You are not as loving as you pretend to be the person who is looking for the pot with the water, please do me a favor. Uh, I found out I wasn't as uh, loving, as forgiving, as accomplished in spiritual matters. As, 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 yeah, as the people at church thought I was. But now, like I was saying, so we add, I added, uh, you get all this chili sauce, pepper, etc., and then you try to multiply it by starting a church. Now, little did I know that the starting the church would be the redemption. How, how awesome is God? Anyway, so, of course, got married, had a terrible marriage for about three years. It wasn't working. And then in the third year of our marriage, uh, I got the call to start a church. We started the church, and God forever blessed the man called Mr. John Cattle, who came and brought us the discipleship evangelism course by Andrew Womack, which we started to do. And that's when I found out that it's not about the rules, it's about a relationship. And that the rules are going to wear you out. And that everyone else was faking it. Yeah. And when I got into relationship, discovering how much I'm loved by God, how God doesn't love me because I'm lovely, but he loves me because he is love. That changed everything. Up to today, the status has not changed. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved and I'm not loved because of what I do. I'm loved because of he who loves me. Before Jesus could perform a single miracle, before he could do the ministry, before he could go into the wilderness, the father spoke out and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so that kind of love 
friends, that's that love I want us to talk about. Are you ready? Oh, 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 you have given your love, given your love for me. You have wiped away my tears and washed away my fears with your love, given your love to me. Now I'm forever so grateful to you. All right. John, first John 4 7. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, of course, you know that John is known as the disciple of love. He's the one who, while writing about himself, writes and says, and the disciple whom the Lord loved. The disciple whom the Lord loved. Hey. In John 13, 23, he says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. What a description of yourself to be known as the one whom Jesus loved. I can tell you that much of what's missing in your life is this truth of how much Jesus loves you, right? Now, he says in 1 John 4, where we were, Beloved, let us love one another. Now, he's giving instructions pertaining to this matter called love. But the instruction is to the beloved. To the beloved. The business of loving is for the loved. The business of loving is for the beloved. The people who don't know how much they are loved are going to struggle with this thing called loving. Yeah. Beloved, let us love. Yeah, it doesn't say workers, let us love one another. It doesn't say hustlers, let us love one another. It doesn't say Lovers, let us love one another. It doesn't say pastors, let us love one another. It doesn't say over what, what, no. Be the business of loving is strictly assigned to those who are loved. God's beloved are the ones who can love. That's why it says, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Your perception of Christ's love for the church will determine the method by which you love your wife. If you think Christ's love for the church is conditional and uh, uh, regimented, so will be your love for your wife. And I tried that, didn't work, of course. So, loving is for the beloved. It says, beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us. Beloved, let us. There's nothing as good as a marriage with two people who are fully loved. And they know it. Trouble begins when one doesn't feel like they are loved. You can't give what you don't have. It says, beloved, let's love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. How do you know a person knows God? The way they love. How do you know a person knows God the way they love? He who does not love. The writer writes in 1 Corinthians says, if I, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become a what? A clanging symbol. Sounding brass. Can you imagine that in your bedroom? Imagine the way people, when they're playing drums and they make a roll. That's what you have in your room at home because you married a person who has not love. But they can speak tongues because you fell in love with the performer on stage. Hey. He who does not love does not know God. For it doesn't matter what else they do. They may be speaking in tongues. They may be Gifted, they may be using faith, they may be healing the sick, they may be, I don't know, whatever else. But if they don't know how to love, did you know you can use spiritual gifts for your own end? You, you, to, look, to use spiritual gifts, you don't have to love, you have to be gifted. Being gifted and loving are two different things. A gifted footballer is not necessarily a loving one. A gifted basketballer is not necessarily a loving one. Therefore, a gifted healer is not necessarily a loving one. Ah. Are there people? You're here. I'm here too. A gifted leader does not necessarily mean a loving one. I'm a fairly gifted leader and I know what it means to lead without love but rather only ambition. Most gifted leaders, they possess more ambition than love. And for gifted leaders, the love part, you have to sort of keep calling it out. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. The Bible says God is light, God is love. Now God is love means God is the very definition of love. Just like sugar is sweet, fire is hot, water is wet, God is love. If when you tasted it, it wasn't sweet, it's not sugar. You don't have to worry about Dr. Kassinin. Yeah. If when you touched it, it wasn't hot, it wasn't fire. That was something else. Maybe you touched a picture. Yeah. If you bathed it, and it wasn't wet. Brothers, it wasn't water. Yeah. Some people can say, you know, yeah, have you bathed? Yes. Bring your towel. Yeah, that can be a bit challenging. 
if you use the dry method, I don't know, cold air. So water is wet. So if when you touched, if when you encountered, it wasn't love, it probably wasn't God. If it wasn't love, it wasn't God. Just like sugar is sweet, fire is hot, water is wet, air is beautiful, God is love. Verse, verse 9. Let's keep going. <laughs> wow. Those joining us online, the people in studio have lost wires. <laughs> yeah, First John. We are still in First John. Four, nine. He says, in this, in this, the love of God was man, manifested toward us. In others, revealed, shown, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is how the love was manifested that God has sent. His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. We know the famous John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So love is manifested toward us in this, yeah, that God gave, God sent. God is a giver. Love is giving. Never be confused about who loves you the most. Yeah, it's those who give you the most. They are the ones who love you the most. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, treasure leads the heart. Treasure leads the heart. If you have two friends or three friends or four friends and they all have about the same amount of money, they make the same income, one buys you a big pen. I have nothing against big pens. Ballpoint pen. One buys you a cup, a cup, yeah, a cup, like mug, coffee mug. One buys you a, a microwave cooker. And one buys you a house. Don't be confused about which one loves you more than the others. Yeah. You cannot start bringing the ballpoint pen person to the same level of love as the house person. Because love is giving. Love has nothing to do with feelings. Some of you have feelings for the wrong people. So don't be confused. Feelings and love are completely different, separate things. Yeah. You see, feelings, they shift. They are not reliable. Yeah. Feelings flee as and when they desire. But giving is a decision. <laughs> 
When Jesus was hanging on the cross with all that pain, he wasn't having any romantic feelings. There were no butterflies in his tummy when they were piercing the nails through his hands. So, take me back to 1 John 4. It says... In this, the love of God was manifested that God has sent us. Love must be manifested, revealed. You see, love is not supposed to be discerned. No. You shouldn't be there and be wondering, asking God to show you whether the person loves you or not. There is no point... Love doesn't require discernment because it is what? Manifested. If you love the person, at least say it and then do something that show it. If they are your wife, buy them something. Buy them some flowers. Give them some kameza. Buy some perfumes. And depending on what they like, chocolate or cucumber. <laughs> Hallelujah. Love is manifested. If the person loves you, something will be leaving them and coming to you. When a person says, show me that you love me, and they are demanding something from you, they don't necessarily love you. Yeah, they've got it twisted. Because love is giving, not demanding. Yeah. Yeah. I love you so much. Ah, uh, let us, you know, whatever. No. Love is giving. Love was manifested. Amen. Verse 10, we will make it there. In this is love. Now, oh, this is important for all the saved people. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and set his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Now, the part, that part there was my problem for a long time, having been born again, again, many times. I thought that it was about me loving God. No wonder I failed so many times. But it says, in this is love. It says, you're looking for love? This is the real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. You see, our love for God fluctuates. Our relationship with God is not built on our love for God. He can't take that kind of risk. Yeah. Our relationship with God is built on his love for us. Because whereas our love for him changes from day to day, hour by hour, depending on how convenient it is, Today you're swearing by his name. The next moment you're denying him. This time you're saying this. The other time you are running away. So God, in order for him to have a good relationship with us, has ensured that that is not how he's going to build it. So he says, in this is love, not that we loved God. I mean, even if you didn't mix it up by finishing the sentence, if you just end there, it will reveal something to you. In this is love, not that we loved God. Hey, 
What a revelation. Can we shout it out together, those who are in the studio? In this is love, not that we loved God. Wow. Yeah. My love for God is... Ah. Yeah. Now, let me give you an illustration. Let's say, I know we all have those forms with our touches on them. Let's say that's your love. You see, that's your love. In fact, you have to charge the phone for the love to be on. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's say God's love for you is the sun, the sunshine. You find that when it is dark and at night, that cartridge is useful where the God's love is not. Yeah, in your family there where people just abuse each other <laughs> or wherever. So the torch is useful, but in light of God's love, the torch is useless. If at midday we find you in the parking lot with your torch on, looking for your keys, we are going to call the doctor we know to help us connect us to a consultant who specializes in a certain field that we will not name now. Because we'll be like, why are you using your cartridge at, at night? Rather, rather in, in the, at, at noon. So, our love for God, that's not real love. It's not real love. Okay, it's real love. Let's not say it's not there. But it's when you compare it to his love for us. Ah! It's incomparable. Talking of the two disciples I was talking about, Peter told Jesus, Jesus, nobody can touch you while I'm here. Kabani, Kabani, Tamakwatako, Gatulina, Wow. The girl asked told him, why aren't you with Jesus? Me? Swear words, just follow the words. Beep, beep, beep from the apostle. For having been associated with Jesus. Yeah, Jesus had told him, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. You're here boasting of your love for me. Get ready to deny me. Yeah. Then there was this disciple who wrote about himself that he's the disciple the Lord loves. He's the one who was there all the way to the cross. At the cross was Jesus' mother and John. Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. Start at verse 6. It says, For when we are still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Without strength. Verse 7. It says, For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in the while we were 
still, not when we had started sort of realizing how bad we are and attending towards him. No. In our state, he gave his best so that we can never get confused any one day to think that his offer to us is based on our offer to him. Because our offer to him is absolutely nothing. Most of your contribution to your salvation is, is the sin you bring. Yeah. You bring sin, it brings righteousness. Amen. Revelation 2 2. Revelation 2 2. Look at this, this letter to the church at Ephesus. Uh huh. What does it say? I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Now, what part of that is bad? What part of that is bad? What have they done wrong? Nothing. Next verse. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Can you imagine any pastor would want to be pastoring this kind of church? Yeah, pastors, would you want this kind of church? They are prayerful. They persevere. They labor. They are patient. They are not weary. They test the spirits. They test those who call themselves apostles and haven't planted any churches and they find them wanting. They cannot bear evil. This is the perfect church to pastor. Next verse. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. You know, I used to read this like other people lost, that you have lost your first love. It doesn't say lost, it says left. They didn't lose anything. They walked away from something. And which is the first love? God's love for you. That's the first love. That's the one you walked away from. Ephesus. They are not doing anything wrong. They are doing everything every pastor would want the church to be doing. But Jesus knows they are now striving. Their hearts are far from him. They are no longer fueled by genuine love. They are no longer fueled by the love of God for them. They are now fueled by the work that needs to be done. It's like instead of charging the phone, you are trying to eke out that last bit of battery. It's a matter of time before you tell us you no longer want to serve. You feel the Lord is leading you away in this season. My God. It's because you did not pay attention to the first love, which is God's love for you. One of the unique things about King David is that his name means beloved. Yeah. That was, that's why he was the way he was. And then his son Solomon, he gave him a name, Jedediah, which also means beloved. See, beloved people do great things. Yeah. Even Jesus, God had to pronounce himself, this is my... He didn't even say this is my anointed son. He didn't say this is my called son. He didn't say this is my... Gifted son. He didn't say this is my faithful son. He didn't say this is my obedient son. My, 
All those things have nothing to do with sonship. For sonship is a function of the father, not the son. Someone will get it at night. Hey. Back to chapter 4 of First John. I'm just going to sit here and teach this word and I believe it's going to deliver someone from some small, small demons of self-pity and whatever. All right, what verse are we on? Uh, verse 10, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now I'm going to skip all the way to verse 17. Maybe if verse 16. Let's start at verse 16. As we go towards the end. What does it say? And we have known. And... You see, you have to both know and believe. Some people know but don't believe. So both are necessary. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. Ah. Ah, can you imagine? You know, this English has issues. But it says if you abide in love, another time we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 3 to see where that goes. But it says if you abide in love, you abide in God because God is love. And he says, when you abide in God, God abides in you. A, 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 A. It seems like the writer is giving us a secret on how to have a seemingly endless source of God life. Zoe, working through us by abiding in love. I know some of you by now are asking, what does that look like practically? Maybe they'll prepare us a microphone for some questions. Yeah. What does that look like? Practically. Practically. How do you abide in love? Hey. Woo. Verse 17, one of our favorite verses here at Worship Harvest. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's a heavily theological line that brings all sorts of problems in all sorts of places which it ought not. Now the writer says, if anyone is in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away, behold now all things are new. Okay? And he's saying the perfection of love which gives us boldness in the day of judgment in other words, the time when God sits and says, let me examine you or your works or the day of testing. Other versions and interpretations talk about the day of testing. Not necessarily the day of God judging, but the day of testing. Are you getting me? Like the day you get that bad report from the doctor or from the accountant or from the taxman, or from the boyfriend. Eh? He says you can have boldness in that day by focusing on the perfection of love. 
And one day I was reading this like the X nth time and God started showing me something out of it, which is we have already looked at the fact that love is giving. God loved so he gave Jesus. We also, because we love, we also give. Right? That part you're familiar with. Now, what he is saying in this text is, in fact, God's love goes beyond giving. Hey! God's love goes beyond just giving. He says it reaches a level called perfection. And that level called perfection is when God doesn't just give you Jesus as a payment for your sins, but God gives you Jesus and you become one with Jesus. So that when he looks at you, he's seeing as if you were Jesus. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to build it slowly, slowly. The perfection of love. The perfection of love is not us, it's beyond us receiving something from God, to God calling us to his own identity. Perfection of love is no longer just you are there, you're Mose, you're Solomon, you are whoever, I love you, I've paid for your sins too. You are now a part of who I am. You and me, we are one. You see, many boys can love you and buy you chips, chicken, chili sauce and bring you gifts. And they can all declare how much they love you, 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 love you. But the one who is perfected in his love for you is the one who says, ah, this business of me sending you gifts, what, and you staying at your father's home, ah, ah, it's not enough for me. And he says, I want, instead of you, instead of me sending you the things from where I am, eh? I want you to come and take over here, here. Yeah. Take over and you take the name you take the land, you take the house, you take the account, you take, yeah, so now I no longer need to just cut, cut, go for you and send. It's, you are now in the thing. Hey. Yeah, it's like we are not just going to be sending you some grass. Come and lie down in the pastures. That's love perfected. As he is, so are we. So the person takes up your name. So the person executes on your behalf. It's no longer you're not, the two become one flesh. As I say, who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. God is saying that's the perfection of love. The perfection of love is not that I love you and you're there and I'm here. The perfection of love is we are now one. We are now one. You no longer need me to send anything to you because now you are part of... In fact, we are the ones who send to others. Hey. We, you and I may come from backgrounds where we've witnessed something like this. Someone dies in the extended family. 
the responsible surviving relatives get the children and divide them among themselves to take care of them. That is love. So he say, your dad passed on, but we will take care of you. We will pay your school fees. We will take you to school. We will give you pocket money. Yeah, and during holiday, you can sleep in that room there. That is love. It is just lacking one step to perfection. Perfection is when they say, we are going to adopt you. Yeah? You are no longer going to be so-and-so's son and so-and-so's daughter who passed away. You are now our daughter. Your, your name is now Mukisa. You live in this house. So we are not discussing school fees and pocket money. Do you know why we are not discussing them? Because you are a member of the household, those things are not for discussion. You are entitled to them. You, don't, you are not asking for them. You don't need to come and remind us that your school fees is due. That is love. Perfected love is the child never has to think that they are an orphan. Because you take the proceed, you even go to the legal aspects and change their name and change. So when they are filling a form, they don't write a deceased parent, they write a living parent. That is love perfected. Now, many Christians have come far with love, they can ask God for things. Yeah. They can at least pray. But this business of I am one with Christ is going too far for some people. I don't need to beg. Hey. Perfected love. It's like you are unthrowable out. You see, when I'm just giving you, any day I can say, you know the resources are over, please go. But when you are now an insider, the resources are only over if they are over in the whole house. When we, if, if the day you don't have food, we all don't have food. Yeah, that's the scenario. That is love perfect. Love perfected goes beyond giving things to giving identity That's love perfected. God doesn't just love you. God calls you his son, his daughter. Son and daughter means you are not dismissible. You are not disownable. Son and daughter means that the day you really mess up and create a big mess is not the day you cease to belong. Son and daughter means big mess, little mess, you belong. Why? Love has been perfected. Perfected. So I feel like the invitation is to go from just understanding love to the perfection of love. Where it's not just, yes, Jesus loves me, God loves me, but when God looks in my direction, he no longer sees Moses. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus as he is. So that means that all the rights and privileges of Jesus have now been extended to us. There is no difference. When they serve Jesus Rolex, they serve us Rolex. When they serve Jesus lasagna, they serve us lasagna. 
when they serve Jesus shepherd spy, they serve us shepherd spy. They don't serve Jesus shepherd spy and you push and beans. That's that's not what that's not perfection. That is still love. They are keeping you alive. They are giving you food. Perfection is there is nothing that has been extended to Jesus that has been removed from you as he is. So are we in this world. Hallelujah. Verse verse 18 clarifies further on these matters when he says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. Fear here is dread. That unhealthy, dreadful fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The only reason you fear is you think you are still an outsider who is being helped with school fees. When you drop a cup and it breaks, the reaction of your heart reveals whether you believe truly you're a son and daughter or an outsider who is being helped. Because if you know you're a son or daughter and the cup breaks, it's just a cup breaking. It has no bearing on your sonship. How many people here have sent their children away from your home because they broke a cup? Hey, I need to finish. Verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. His love for us is why we love him and why we love others. If you remove his love for us, there is nothing left. The moon shines at night because it is reflecting light from the sun. It doesn't produce any light of its own. If you take out the sun's light, the moon will have nothing to reflect. Your love and my love for God and for others are reflective loves. They are not generative loves. You and I don't generate any love of our own. First, forget the emotions. You have no capacity to generate love. Your best bet is to position yourself to reflect what comes from a more reliable source, God who is love. So friends, I hope you have had a great time as we just sit here and share a little bit on these truths. Amen. Now, if you're watching us online and you're like, Hey, Mose, I want some of that love. Where do we find it? That love is found with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We love him because he first loved us. God loved us and gave Jesus as the payment for our sins. Even as you are watching me now, you know in your heart, that you don't have the relationship with God that I'm talking about and you desire it. In fact, you have been running around posing how you, you don't need a relationship with God by day, but by night. The sorrow and sadness in your heart has revealed to you that you need a relationship with God. So if you're the one, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. I give you my life. Take it. Do something significant with it. Forgive me my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
and start me off on a new significant journey. Amen. If you pray that prayer, I believe you're born again. There's a number on your screen, 0775642449. You can text that number and let the, past, let the pastor on the other end of that line know that you gave your life to Jesus. So God bless you so much. Thank you for joining us for Evenings with Atmo this December. I'll be here next Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Ready to continue with our discussion on the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Bye-bye. God bless. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.